He's involved in a number of businesses. He's a great role model. Telling it like it is. Giving you both sides of the story. This is Cats at Night. Great American, a great New Yorker. Now, here's John Katsimatidis. This is 5 o'clock, uh, the number one show at, uh, of the 5 o'clock news. And uh, John Katsimatidis here, Cats at Night. And this is a TriCast, WABC uh, Radio 770 from Midtown and uh, WLIR from Long Island and 970 AM, The Answer. And in the studio with us, we have uh, Judge Richard Weinberg, uh, former Congressman uh, uh, Peter King, and uh, and my sidekick, Lydia Serrano. Lydia, what's going on? We have a fantastic show for everyone tonight. We're going to be speaking with Andrew McCarthy, Gordon Chang, Congresswoman Nicole Meliotakis, New York City Councilwoman Ina Vernikoff, Angelo Vivolo, and J.P. Miller of the Empire Report. But first on the line is Andrew McCarthy. He's a columnist for the National Review. He also serves as an assistant U.S. attorney for the Southern District of New York. Uh, Welcome back to Cats at Night, Mr. McCarthy. Nice to be with you. There's so many things, uh, uh, Mr. McCarthy, going on. Where the heck do you want to start? I mean, uh, uh, <laughs> Judge Weinberg, where do you think we should start? Well, Andy, I, were you surprised at the, uh, at the verdict that came out of the Sussman trial? Judge, if I could interject here, Andy, I think you predicted this, didn't you? Yeah, well, Pete, I don't think it, was, um, it wasn't rocket science, you know. At the end of last week, it really looked like the wind was blowing that way. That was the reason that uh, Sussman, who on Wednesday evening, I think, as, as court broke up, uh, was expected to testify on Thursday. Uh, and that would have been like a whole day of testimony, and then that would have pushed the trial into this week. Uh, he got uh, to court on Thursday morning and announced that he had changed his mind. And I thought it was pretty obvious that he thought things were going in his direction so that uh, it was too much of a risk at that point to, to uh, for a defendant to testify when things are going your way and you don't have to, uh, I think would have been foolish. And he was right. Things were going his way. Um, it was a tough case for Durham. Now, you know, he obviously decided to bring the case, so uh, he, he kind of brought that on himself. But I think, you know, there's a lot of things you could say about the case. Where I come from, basically, the prosecutor's main job is to figure out what happened. And then everything you do strategically and tactically in the trial is based on your understanding of what happened. His theory, uh, John Durham's, of what happened was that the FBI was duped by Sussman. And as someone who's followed this for a very long time, my belief is that the FBI wasn't duped. I think they were more, I mean, it's, a, it's complicated, but to me, they were more of a, uh, a willing collaborator than a dupe. And I think if you base a case on something that, that uh, is dubious, you're asking for trouble. And <laughs> I think he got it. Andy, I, I think you, I read your column, I, and I think uh, that you're right about that. Uh, the defense fundamentally was, well, they, there was no harm, no foul, because uh, they knew exactly what was going on. So what's the problem? Uh, right. though- I, I think, yeah, I, th- I think it's better. You know, the case is called false statement because that's what the, the charges in the federal code. But I think if I was trying to explain to people what happened here, I, I would say that what Sussman gave to the FBI was more of a cover story than a false statement. You know, in other words, if he had come into the FBI and said, 
I'm Michael Sussman of the Clinton campaign, and I'd like you to take this neato opposition research we've come up with that shows that Trump is in cahoots with uh, Russia and maybe premise a criminal investigation on it. I think the FBI would have found that to be too ostensibly political to get involved. So he comes in instead and says, you know, nod, nod, wink, wink. I'm a former federal official. I just care about the country. I'm not coming here on behalf of a client. I just want to help the bureau. And then what he ends up giving them, even now, mind you, they know full well who he is and who he represents. Uh, And he happens to give them six weeks before Election Day information that just happens to match up completely with the Democrats theme and theory of who Trump is with respect to Russia. And, you know, the bureau is supposed to come away from that saying, oh, well, this isn't political information at all. This is good faith information that we've gotten and we need to investigate this. Um, so I think that's what happened. I think there's a there's another level to this, which I find is a is a former judge and, and prosecutor. Did Durham, did Durham make a mistake bringing it well, in that that's venue? A, yeah, I think this was a lot a lot about venue. I think it's a lot about the jury pool. I think it's a lot about the three people on that jury who were seated. And I think, frankly, it's a lot about the judge who wouldn't let a lot of evidence in. That was my take on it. What about you? Yeah. Well, you know, I think a lot of people, just so we, we should clarify one thing, because I get this question all the time, and, and Judge, you've probably gotten it to a couple of times, no doubt. And a lot of people want to know, why didn't Durham try to move the case out of Washington? So, you know, what people need to understand is your the right to be tried in the place where the crime takes place belongs to the defendant. Not it's an obligation of the government to bring the case there, but the, there has to the be some nexus. To, there has to be some nexus to the venue. That's correct, right? So it's not you know Durham couldn't just this this false statement happened in Washington D.C. and that was the place where Durham had to bring the the case. Sussman could have asked to move it, but obviously he wouldn't have wanted to move it. So the case was going to be in Washington. What I was really surprised by is we, we talked a lot about the the smoking gun text. You know, the, the uh, suspect sent a text to the guy at the FBI that he met with, which in, in his own words, flat out said, I want to bring you something sensitive. I'm not representing a client. I just want to help the bureau. There's a pretty black and white. Why didn't they um, supersede the original indictment? Because he indicted flush up against the statute of limitations. Okay. The, the meeting between these two guys took place on September 19th, 2016. The federal statute of limitation is five years on most crimes. So he had to indict this case by mid-September of last year. And when he got this text, it was about six months later. So it was too late for him to go back into the grand jury and change the charges in any way. Understood. Andrew McCarthy, just to switch gears, okay, we just had another uh, verdict in a high-profile case. I know a lot of people don't know much about it, maybe, or they do and they don't care, and why should we care? The Johnny Depp, Amber Heard. Does this set some sort of precedent? Because oftentimes we always hear, believe the woman, believe the woman, the man is the abuser. And in this case, Johnny Depp was awarded $15 million. This makes me wonder, how about other high-profile people that have been accused, possibly falsely accused, like we saw with uh, Justice Brett Kavanaugh? Could he turn around and, and sue his accuser now? Uh, you know, I, I don't know enough about it to draw any great lessons from it. It seemed like to, to me like it was a kind of a strange case, and I, I, I probably – the facts of it sound so – you know, you're dealing with two big Hollywood stars um, – 
you know, how much of a precedent that is for other people in, you know, libel situations. I, I, I doubt it comes up very often. They, I, I barely knew who Amber Heard was. I knew who Johnny Depp was because this is uh, this is how old we're all, uh, at least I'm getting. I feel like that, uh, you know, Johnny Depp played uh, was Donnie Brasco in the movies. And uh, Donnie Brasco is the, the FBI undercover movie. I put the agent on the stand who was Johnny Depp <laughs> in the movies. So, oh, that's um, so cool. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I, you know, I just I don't know enough about it to say whether it's a whether it's a sign of the times or a, a trend changer. Or they're, what. they're making the newspapers are making such a big deal out of it, and social media is making a big deal out of it. I never knew who they were talking about. Well, I, actually, I tell you, so many. I, I didn't watch it, but so many people I went into watch it. Uh, they're staying home watching it on television. That's one advantage of working at home, I guess. You can watch Johnny Depp. Yeah. <laughs> well, the fu- the funny thing is, when when we indicted the blind check, I have a similar story to this because when we tried the World Trade Center bombing case in 1995, you know, federal cases are not on television, so. You know, we had this case that was about like the future of civilization and the national security threats the country was going to deal with in the next 20 years. But day for day at the same time in 1995, they had this little thing going in California known as the O.J. Simpson trial that was about like sex and drugs and race and rock and roll. And, and you know, nobody, Judge Mukasey, who tried our case, tried, I think, one of the great criminal cases uh, of all time. Oh, what a great guy everybody he is. In a, wow. yeah. But everybody in America thought the model judge was Judge Ito. No, no, he wasn't. <laughs> oh, my God. No, no he wasn't. <laughs> no, no, he wasn't. Andy, let me ask you another question. You under, you know about, the, uh, of course, the leak of the uh, draft yep. case. And now there's an internal investigation done by uh, the Supreme Court staff. Now yeah. they've asked the uh, Supreme Court law clerks to put in affidavits and turn over their records of the, their phones. What do you think about that? And and the, some of them are maybe taking independent counsel. What do you think about that? Judge, I, I continue to think what I said on the first day, and every day that we get more remote that they haven't identified the leaker, I think this will be borne out, and that is the Supreme Court police force is essentially a security force. They're not a criminal investigative force. And I'm not saying they won't try their best. I think they will try their best. But unless you get full-throated, committed assistance, in this case from the Justice Department and the FBI, to do the kind of forensic work and, and, and criminal investigation that has to be done here, you're not going to identify this leaker. It's just not going to happen. They need to get help from the Justice Department, and I think it's shameful that the Attorney General not only doesn't appear to be helping them, but won't prosecute people who... Uh, demonstrate on the lawns of the Supreme Court justices, which is just outrageous. I, I agree with that. Well, thank you so much, uh, uh, Andrew McCarthy, for uh, everything you've done for our country and continue to speak out for our country, and we'll catch up with you again real soon. Andy's the best. Well, thank you, Andy. Thank you okay. so much. Pleasure to talk to you. Okay. Bye-bye. He was a great guy. Well, that's um, – see, there was a lot of mistakes, uh, a lot of mistakes. Uh, the, the fact that he had the venue or, or the location of the court action in Washington, D.C., where you're, 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 you're going against a Democrat and you have 99% Democrats. Well, but that's not 
It's not a mistake. I mean, it's what, he, what Andy he was no saying. Choice, yeah. is he had no choice because you have to have some operative facts that link the crime to, to and, the venue. And the crime was committed in Washington, yeah, That's DC, right. Yeah. You know, so if, if something was done <clears throat> elsewhere, for example, in, in Philadelphia to, uh, to continue the conspiracy or to create the yeah. conspiracy, then maybe you'd have a linkage to bring it in Philadelphia. But absent some important facts that show something was done in furtherance of the bad criminal acts, you can't bring it elsewhere. And, 